This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. Uh, This week, we are talking about adult-only spaces and the power of them. We're talking about formulas in prayer and what do we do if our children actually really like formulas in prayer. And we're also interviewing uh, grandparents. Our team member, Anna, uh, interviewed uh, some grandparents who went on the Parenting for Faith course and are reflecting on the power they have in the lives of their grandchildren. Okay, so this is a bit of a bugbear for me. <laughs> I don't know if it's useful or not, but it's something that was uh, that's been uh, sitting on me for a while. Uh, we, uh, I don't know if it's recently, a couple of years ago, went on a holiday to Israel because I've always wanted to go, and I really wanted my kid to uh, have scripture like be tangible for him i guess and so we went to uh we went to galilee just just the sea of galilee uh and caesarea because gotta go to caesarea uh and we just basically hung out and went to capernaum lots of time and went swimming in the sea and uh told stories and went fishing and just sort of tried to you know feel it and touch it and smell it and make it comfortable so when we read the bible it you can remember it essentially uh and uh well while we were there we went to caesarea which is on the coast uh and uh where paul uh well cornelius got filled with the holy spirit and the whole gentile thing was like oh this is the thing and uh and then paul went back and got held in the palace and i stood on it uh anyways what am i talking about ah so we were on holiday in caesarea and we were walking to uh the food place that we were going to eat and there was this gym this outdoor gym it, it looked it looked like a kid's play park except it was like actual gym equipment in the same sort of plastic metal stuff it was i've never seen it before uh with it was all not hydraulics you know what i'm talking about resistance whatever uh and there were these huge muscly men like burp, burp, burp. <laughs> i don't know why that is the sound they make but they were all in these very very muscular men who obviously work out like four or five hours a day it looked like you know huge men and they were all like working out and doing arm you know tricep dips and you know pushing things really heavy uh and I was like, oh, look, like very interesting, this outdoor gym for men. But also in there, there was like maybe 10 men working out. And then there were like five local children who were just climbing on the equipment and playing and swinging and hanging upside down. And I found it fascinating because I thought, and maybe I'm wrong, but I thought anytime kids invade a location in my experience, it sort of then is seen as a kid location uh, rather than an adult location. So um, we we walked back and forth, you know, many times throughout the days that we were staying there. And sometimes I would show up and there would be six kids on this gym equipment. And then I would watch one or two muscly men walk up, smile at the children, sit down and start working out, uh, just using it for what it was used for. And the kids wouldn't leave and the adults wouldn't leave. And I was just fascinated. And, and sometimes they, the men would work out and then the kids would like pretend to work out and then they would just play and something. And I just began to reflect on how many times uh, in our culture, in the UK, we abdicate space 
we abdicate adult space in favor of the children. Um, we say if families are showing up to an event, then it must be a family event. Or if kids are present, then we sort of sacrifice the adultiness of it and and make it a bit child centric. Um, and you're talking to a children's pastor here, so I'm I'm all about intergenerational church, and I love intergenerational church, and I think it's really important. Um, but I think it's also really important that uh, we as adults continue to be ourselves and occupy space that we invite children into rather than abdicating the space to them, if that makes sense. So, you know, when I'm having a conversation on a basic level, if I'm having on a conversation with my friend about serious and important things, um, I notice my instinct when a child comes up to bail from the important conversation, uh, ask the kid about something, you know, do something and wait till they leave to continue my adult conversation. I bail from, I abdicate our adult space and sake of the kid. And then the kid goes away. Uh, and in some things that's really good, good. And that's valuing. Please don't hear me say we should just ignore children because I am the complete opposite of that. Uh, but it is important that, that our adults don't shrink because what we're trying to do is we're trying to invite children into a culture that is established, um, how we as adults think and breathe and, and to engage with each other and have our friendships and how we worship and how we pray. We are, we are on a journey that can create beautiful windows for our children to f- see their journeys in and to learn from. And there are some times in family life and in church life where we are fully multi-generational, side by side, encountering God together. There are times in home life where we are you know, all together working. There are times where we are child-centric. But I think it's really important also that there are times that we are fully ourselves, fully engaged as adults because our kids need that. They need to see what it looks like for a room full of adults to genuinely worship. Um, what They need to see what it looks like for a room full of adults to genuinely share about their feelings and to genuinely talk about their doubts and to genuinely talk about who God is and how he's being faithful in the midst of tough scenarios. Um, I th- look back to my life and there's such foundational times for me have been when I've been in a room with a bunch of adults when I was a child or a teenager and they were talking about struggles in marriage and they were talking about uh, getting MS and how they're feeling about God in that and watching them cry and watching them pray for each other. And I, I feel like I matured in my faith and my understanding of God and my understanding of church by being welcome in those places where adults were being fully them. And I want that for our kids. I want to give them a gallery of windows, a community of windows where they can choose to be, um, where they see adults who are fully alive with joy and faith and passion and friendship and community and doubts and worries and fears and being ministered to because that's that's how they'll know what's on offer to them within the church. That's how they'll know what's on offer to them as part of that community so that we are creating these spaces that's that are totally permeable. We're saying we are going to be us and you are totally welcome to be you here with us. So as we, and you will hear me talk many times about intergenerational church, and as we uh, enable our kids to be fully a part 
Um, Let's also not forget to be the community of windows that they need, that they may see and grow and mature and be alongside us. This week's question is uh, from a listener, and the question is, what do you do if your child has developed a formulaic bedtime prayer, having to say the exact same words each night? We also do chat and catch, but they still feel the need to say their set prayer too. I think this is a fantastic question uh, because everyone's prayer life is different. Prayer is just a heart-to-heart connection with God. And the reason that we in Parenting for Faith try to uh, give you tools to help your kids pull away from formulas is so that our children don't feel that that formulas are the center of communication with God, that there is a right or wrong way to share their heart with God. And so we tend to swing away from formulas and try to break down those formulas so that kids can begin to grow and understand that their words are the best words to use. The words that they have that genuinely come out of their head and heart are the words that God wants to hear um, rather than a formula. But it's interesting that you say uh, that your kid developed a bedtime prayer uh, that came from him. Uh, You said that your kid has developed a formulaic bedtime prayer. Uh, And I think it's really important to reflect that everyone has their own pattern of connecting. And some people do enjoy patterns of communication with lots of different people. I think about my relationship with my husband. You know, we all create sometimes patterns in our language, like saying, I love you before you go to bed or uh, before you send them to school, saying, be kind, make mistakes, try new things, or uh, how I call my husband honey until I'm annoyed or angry. And then it's just his name. Uh, We sort of have patterns in our communication sometimes with our parents, with our siblings, with our children. Um, We have those words that we keep coming back to that are meaningful. And formula by itself in that way isn't wrong. Uh, Sometimes we find comfort in using the same words. Uh, Those words have meaning and those words have pattern and they can give us peace. Um, The only time a formula um, I would say is wrong is if it's getting in the way of authentic connection. If it somehow has replaced authentic connection with just a set of words that you use. But it sounds like your child's pattern is to chat and catch and they also enjoy some patterns in what they say. And the question really to ask ourselves if we're noticing this is, does your kid's pattern make them feel authentically connected to God? If they're finding connection with God through those pattern of words, then that's great. That's totally okay. The question is, are they feeling connected to God in prayer? Are they feeling genuine and authentic in prayer? And if that means sometimes they want to use um, words that they say over and over again, that's great. And sometimes it means giving them a free flow, and that's fine too. If you feel like the the pattern is getting in the way, then you might want to wade into um, having a conversation with your kid at a different time, just asking, you know, what prayer is like and why do they feel that those words are the words that they want to use and those things. If you're feeling like it's getting in the way, you don't have to correct them or stop them or make them feel like 
there's only one way to pray, and that is chat and catch. It's more to just help them find their voice, their authentic voice in prayer, and to broaden their experience of being authentic with him. And some will still find enjoyment in patterns, um, but we can constantly begin to broaden and help them find their authentic voice within that and without that. And some kids will move on past the formulaic. Some kids will love the formulaic and just add more and more of their words to it. But it's about constantly asking ourselves, is this fostering my kid's connection with God? And if so, encourage that and bless that. For our wild card section today, we have Anna Hawken. Anna Hawken is part of our team. She heads up all of our national partnerships, and uh, she had something to share this week. Okay, so I'm here with my mum, Charlotte, otherwise known as Gran. Uh, could you start off by telling us a little bit about your um, family? I married Mike in 1981, and we have four children who are all grown up and married, and they have between them nine children who are under seven and a half. So Uh, so pretty busy there. And you've fairly recently done the Parenting for Faith course uh, just from home. You did it as part of the watch party online. Um, How, why did you decide to do that and how did you find that experience? I've never done a watch party on Facebook before, so I was very intrigued to see what it would be like. And um, I actually found it a really good way of um, in a relaxed setting, just being able to access the Parenting for Faith materials. So we'd sit down uh, cosily in the evening, you don't have to go out anywhere, and you could watch the video, and sometimes my husband was with me and we could have a chat about the questions as they came up, or we could respond online. And it was just a, a really relaxed, informal way of accessing all those materials. Great. And was there anything particular that you remember uh, that has helped you or you've been able to use or made you think? Um, Rachel's style is just wonderful. It's so non-judgmental and accessible uh, that I can't believe anybody isn't drawn in by her presentations. Um, I really like the way she presented the language that's used in Parenting for Faith And I loved her um, session on how we can hear from God and all the different ways that uh, God touches our hearts or our minds or our bodies and the different ways. Um, It just seems so very inclusive and comprehensive and uh, I found that Mm. very helpful. And as a grandparent, you're another um, person in the child's life who is a role model, if that sounds too formal, but is someone who has a relationship with God who they can uh, see a bit of that and... Uh, understand it a little bit maybe do you feel like as a grandparent you have opportunities to create windows and to show a little bit of your own relationship with God yes I think the parenting for faith material really encourages you to do that and I may have been doing it before but I think I'm doing it in a slightly more conscious way now Um, and just you know recognizing we're all on a journey it's a journey of faith and wherever you are on that journey you will have struggles, you'll have high points and low points. And it's just really lovely sometimes to be able to share a specific experience with with your grandchildren and uh, for them to share their experiences with you. Sometimes it's, we talk about these things, but it's really hard to imagine what it looks like in practice. I'm putting you on the spot here, but do you have an example of um, a way that you've been able to chat about faith or... Um, talk to God or about him with any of your grandchildren? 
Um, recently I was uh, in church and um, we were having a time of praying for healing and uh, as I was praying I felt a great warmth in my hands and sensed that God wanted me to pray for a particular lady in church so I nipped across the aisle and laid my hands on her and just was able hopefully to pray and encourage her and uh, it just came up in conversation I think we were driving to the library and something triggered it in my mind and I was able to share it with my little granddaughter next door and who knows what she made of it but it was just nice to be able to share that precious moment when God had used me and since then she has um, taken it upon herself to pray regularly for my arthritic hands and she comes and asks me how my hands are and lays her hands on mine and uh, tells me that she's praying for me. So who knows, maybe there was a little um, encouragement there for her to do her part as well. Hmm. And what I love about that is you were able to create a window and frame for her how you catch from God uh, and that heat in your hands is certainly a way that people can catch from God but it's not something that regularly happens to me or my husband I think so as her parents we wouldn't have given her that um, insight into that experience but as another person in her life you were able to do that and um, one of the uh, things we have been asked recently is uh, if you have more than one child they might connect with God in different ways but obviously, if we extend that to grandchildren, you've got nine and they've all got quite different personalities of ways of doing things. So how do you adapt how you sort of create windows or help them connect to God? I think the special thing about being a grandparent is that you don't see your grandchildren every day, usually. And so those moments when you get together are very precious and there are time for sharing special moments, um, special um revelations and for celebrating successes so I think through that you can actually use them as a special window um, of um, thanking God or sharing your faith and with the nine of them I mean some of them are, are very young still but each child you can see already has such a different personality and through those special moments that you share in those conversations, those snuggles after the bath or bedtime stories and things, um, there's usually an opportunity somewhere to bring God into the picture. And one of the things that um, I imagine must be quite good about being a grandparent is you've also had the experience of being a parent as well. So obviously we're often talking about parenting for faith and parents who are there in the everyday, in the mundane, how they can connect children to God. But as a grandparent, you've got that added wisdom and experience and insight. Um, what do you think you can add or what do you do differently as a grandparent? I think you bring a bit of objectivity sometimes to situations and you can reflect, having lived a few more years than perhaps your children and your grandchildren reflect on the ways in which your faith has really helped you throughout your life and on your on your journey of faith so realizing how vital it's been for you um, and how sustaining and encouraging and uplifting it can be it's lovely to be able to share some of that with the next generation and the generation beyond um, because you've just lived it. You've been there and 
you've done it and in some ways got the t-shirt but in other ways you're also learning. Uh, And so just finally if uh, there are any grandparents listening or any parents thinking of chatting to the grandparents about it who are thinking of exploring this stuff more uh, what would you say to them? Um, We have a part to play and as each one of us has our own personal experience of faith it's just a, a wonderful privilege to be able to share that with grandchildren and to be there listening, encouraging, praying for them. And I think the Parenting for Faith material is brilliant for in encouraging us both consciously and subconsciously to engage more with our grandchildren and appreciate the importance of our role. And today's question just started an interesting conversation depending on how old your kid is is this depending on how old your kid is you might want to choose one or two of the options will we have to cut our fingernails in heaven and if you have a younger child and really feel like you want to go down this it is theologically interesting uh will we have to poo in heaven have very interesting theological debates this week Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.